Hi everybody, welcome to another Prog Report podcast. We have a special episode here. We are doing an ultimate Jethro Tull album or slash playlist as we've called it. Um, and we have a special guest with us, Mr. Bill Hubauer, may know from hey. uh, the Neil Morse mm-hmm. Band and his own band, We Came From Space. And we're happy to have you here, Bill, joining us uh, to help us out with this. And of course we have Jeff and Nick who are hey, staying up uh, uh, late uh, across the pond, across wherever they are. And uh, um, so before we get uh, started with our ultimate uh, Toll album, Bill, we wanted to just see what's going on in your world and uh, ask you a little bit about uh, the new uh, We Came From Space album. But <clears throat> for people that may not be familiar with your your side band, um, you want to give a little quick history on, on, on what that band is about and how long you guys have been together and doing this thing yeah well thanks a lot i appreciate this is going to be a fun chat and i appreciate you asking about we came from space um well the the nucleus of the band uh are old high school friends uh that i've never really played in a band with and so we grew more or less grew up together but we never we just sort of traveled in different circles and we reconnected about 10 years ago or so, and maybe a little bit longer now, and thought, hey, let's do let's do some music that would be like what we were listening to in high school, like something something that we would have liked and bought when we were in high school. That was sort of that was really the only uh, uh, criteria. Right. So, and um, it takes us about five years to do an album, I think. <laughs> That's about- Everyone we keep saying is going to, well, we'll do this one a lot faster, and but we don't. So uh, we have three albums out in five years or 10 years or more. So but when, um, you hook, when did you reconnect with everybody? Because you just started it a, a, a few years back, right? No, uh, I reconnected with uh, well, Dave Bizarre, the, uh, our guitar player, um, in probably 2011, I guess, or so. Um, but we didn't put out our, our first album. We put the first album out in 2013, which most people that even people that really like our last two albums don't even know that the first one exists. Uh, but it's a, it's a different lineup. It's from, uh, the different rhythm section. So it's a bit of a different sound. Um, but, uh, so we did that one and that's called how, how to be human that came out in 2013. And then, uh, 2018 was while you were away and, and this year is uh, Overlords, with the EP in the middle there somewhere. Right. Our pandemic EP. Um. Okay. And Bill, yeah. So the the album is. Um. You said about taking me five years to make the album. There's two of the tracks uh, that appeared on the on the EP that came out in mm-hmm. 2010. What's the kind of process for for putting that together? Obviously, over over the period of time. Well, we we write we write the music pretty quick, um, and, and and this is one of the few bands I've ever been in that where we we write a lot more than we actually record. Um, so we we have a whole bunch of stuff that that we've not recorded, and we you know we pick what we want to record and and we get the, the the basic you know drum tracks and stuff done as a group, and then from there it's just pulling teeth to get everything else done everyone's busy and uh and we typically only get together to work on it um well actually i'll tell you why it takes so long so um for neil morse band we 
we all sort of self-produce. We, 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 we work together writing it and we, we have a pretty good idea of what everybody's going to do when, when, when we leave and everybody kind of by themselves sits and does all their parts by themselves and we put them all back together. And there's sometimes some negotiation to, you might get two parts that don't work together. And so you have to sort of sort it out. But uh, for, we came from space. Um, we don't really like to do that. We want to have um, um, more than one person in the room when somebody's recording so that the person this recording isn't just left to their own devices to uh, do whatever. Um, so what that means is, and, and we typically do most of the tracking at my place. So even though I could be recording stuff during the week, um, I do some, but usually like about once a week, somebody comes over and like I'm producing the guitar tracks for Dave's playing or Dave's producing the keyboard tracks that I'm playing. So we, a lot of the process is like one day a week for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah, Bill, I, I see that um, uh, great news. You guys recently played a show opening for the winery dogs, friends in high places, naturally. Um, it's great to see you guys out there playing live. This music deserves to be heard. Uh, any plans for any future touring or other shows? Well, thanks. I mean, we're working on it. We Touring is hard. I mean, this. um, it's hard for anybody. Uh, we're we're doing regional shows right now. That's what I'll say. Anything we can get to, you know, where we can drive to in a day and play the gig, that's what we're going to do. Um, and we could string a few of those together, uh, make a little loop. But uh, so we're looking more. We started out looking at support act shows like uh, the Winery Dog Show. Um, and, and we opened for Crack the Sky here. We might have a few more dates with him coming up. Cool. Um, and so it's just sort of regional. And, and, and we're just going to see what, what we can do to build some momentum locally here. If we feel like we can, if we feel like we can drive to, you know, Chicago or someplace and draw a, a big enough audience that is, was financially worthwhile, then, we you know, we would, might do that, but we're we're just sort of testing the waters still. But uh, it was fun. I'll tell you. Here's the thing about the Winery Dog show that didn't occur to me until I was on stage. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm playing for an audience that largely doesn't know any of our music. Right. And it's, it's been a long yeah. it's been yeah. a long time since since <laughs> we've done that. So, you know, with no more span, it's like everybody knows every word you know that's in the audience and. Uh, you know, and this isn't the case. So it's like there's this moment of panic. Oh, they might actually not like us. <laughs> <You know>? Impossible. <laughs> but not uh, likely. But it went over. It really, it really. I thought, I thought it worked really well, and and uh, it was more of a compatible audience, I, I think, than I I would have thought. But uh, they seemed to really, really dig it. Um, so it was great. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you guys are a great band. Um, Again, the album's fantastic. It's been out a few months now. Overlords. Where can people get it? Where can we send people to your your Bandcamp page, or what's the best place? Well, physical. If you want a physical disc, it's at Radiant, um, Radiant Records, and uh, otherwise, pretty much any any digital streaming or download service has it. Uh, Bandcamp is the best because we get the most 
money from Bandcamp, and you also have the most options for uh, format. You can pretty much download. You can download lossless, high you know high resolution files if you want. Right. Uh, so that's really the best. Cool. And yeah, we good on Bandcamp free Fridays. If yes. You can. Yeah. And we have a, a review on on progreport.com of the album that uh, uh, Nick, you did that, right? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Nick yeah, and so I had a, Nick and I had a fist fight, and he won. Yeah. <laughs> I, won I always win, Jim. Yeah, but if, if you like good good prog, you know, there's a little bit of 70s influence to it. Great harmonies, great vocals. Um, it's a fun record, so definitely check that out. Uh, all right. So uh, in light of um, the new Jethro Tull uh, album coming out, uh, Rock Flute, uh, the the Americanized way of saying it that I'll go with, um, coming out uh, in just a few weeks, um, we thought we would do an ultimate Jethro Tull album and try and pick uh, over, I think, 23 albums now, um, which is uh, insane, uh, going back all the way to the late 60s. So... Um, you know, I, th this is a bit of a weak spot for me. I'm not as, as knowledgeable on, on every Jethro Tull album. I have not heard every single album of the 23. Uh, so I'll do my best to keep up. I think these guys might be a little bit more uh, <clears throat> expert knowledge on, on the band than me. But, but uh, you know, we'll see what we pick and get through it. Um, Bill, why don't we give you the honors of going first? Uh, and you can pick one song. Um, and then I will go second. Uh, Nick, you go third. And Jeff will We'll close this out, and then we'll we'll go from there again. All right. Um, so, where are you going to go first, Bill? Okay. So, uh, I will say up front that you know, when you asked me to if I wanted to do this, I was like, oh, I love Tolly, sure, you know. And then I bring up the catalog, and and I realize, wow, I I don't really know as many albums as I thought I did. <laughs> That's but, but the ones right. that There's I so many, the, it's crazy. The, yeah, but the ones that I know, I really know, and so so I'm. I'm sure there are some great songs from albums that, that I, I don't know as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. So having said that, if it's the perfect playlist, you have to pick songs from uh, all his genres because he, you got the folky kind of tunes. You got the rock tunes. You got the prog tunes. You know, if you want to go far enough back, you got the blues tunes. And so you want to be representative. So I know for sure I'm going to be altering my list as we go around to try to preserve the balance of, 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 ah, uh, see, he's got the right styles. idea. He's doing it yeah. correctly. There you, there you go. go. Um, okay. So, uh, the, I wish I could pick thick as a brick, the whole album as a song, because to me, that's, well, how do we want to do like, that? Do we want to allow song? just the whole album or we just want to do side one or side two? Well, how do you guys want yeah. to do that one? Yeah, you I don't know. <laughs> at, at, at minimum, you gotta have side one, man. Yeah, I right, pick a side. We'll go with the side. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, but see, my brain. I, even though I would say that's my favorite Tola album, if I'm creating the perfect playlist, I'm not going to lead with with that. That's not going to be the first track on the album, because that's Fair to me it's more of a deep cut. So, um, I'm gonna go with uh songs from the wood i think nice. it's a it's a it's a great um it has with the the acapella beginning uh it sort of sets the tone you got that sort of there's some a bit of the the the, the folky kind of stuff going on and then it's a total badass prog song when it gets going um and uh so that yeah. would be to me that's a good opener 
That's how I'm looking at it. Let me bring you all things refined. Galleons, let's some sand and chilling ale. Greetings for our fellow hail. I am the winter fill your sail. I am the frost to take your nail. A singer of these ageless times. With kitchen pros and gutter rhymes. I think that works. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and, and guys, please feel free to chime in on everyone's choices yeah. like we usually do. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So uh, I'm up. Well, you know, this is a weird one because typically when we do these things, we always joke about this, right? That like with Queen, no one picked Bohemian Rhapsody when we did our, our top list and, um, you know, stuff like that. But I feel like um, I sort of have to go with this song in this particular case because i just don't know how you don't include this one when you think of the greatest guitar riffs of all time i feel like it's top 10 ever i mean i i you know maybe even top five um so and i think it's it's a good follow-up to your pick bill uh, so I'm, I'm going to be sort of straightforward and obvious and get this song out of the way and go with, uh, the title track from Aqualung, um, the, the fourth album yeah. and, and what I found funny, and I guess maybe some people know this, but, and maybe some people don't, but this song was actually never officially a single, which is mm. surprising to me. Um, mm -hmm. I just always took it to that it was, <laughs> but, um, not officially a single and still, uh to this day one of the classic rock staples and most popular yeah. rock songs of of all time i mean it's just uh, i mean insane. it deserves it deserves to have been the opening track on our playlist but i i felt like um it was, is that too obvious to do that so I don't well know, but again typically that's yeah. a song we'd never include we just don't do that on these pot on these playlists yeah. generally <laughs> sometimes we do but generally we don't um but uh yeah i don't know i just feel like you have to if you're you're doing this type of sure. thing that, that song has yeah, to yeah. be on there so yes it's to, obvious yeah. but there you go Sitting on the park bench. Well, I meant to open with it would have been would have been too obvious to open with it. I, I I think it needs to be on the playlist. I agree with your pick for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, cool. All yeah. right, uh, Nick, you're up yeah, next. Absolutely. Oh man, so Jethro Tull, the best prog, incredible songwriting, virtuoso performances, the guttural flute playing, the acoustic guitar folk guitar work, the classical influences, the rock influences jazz sometimes um fronted by a manic one-legged pirate looking guy um <laughs> martin Barr, dancing rabbits giant audience balloons british <laughs> monty python-esque quirky humor Bald the pages. warmth 
Cloud pieces. And above all, and above all, taking a heavy metal Metallica Grammy away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, mandolins, balalaikas, synths, you name it, harmonica, accordion, uh, just uh, every perceptible, imaginable instrument arranged in every way. 24 members, a real revolving door policy there. Um, people like like the great David or Dee Palmer, Martin Barr, of course. Uh, guest appearances, I don't know if you guys knew this, by Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath and also Phil Collins, who played a show with them uh, after the, the, the late, great Mark Craney died. Uh, salmon farms, hunting girls, forests, glades, heavy metal, <laughs> you name it. Um, you know, I, I've got a little story to tell about Jethro Tull before I pick my first my first uh, song. Sure. Um, I, I was helping out a South African band called the Diamond Dogs, who who opened for Jethro Tull here in Johannesburg. And uh, so I was fortunate enough to get backstage and meet everyone except Ian Anderson. But that includes one of my heroes, uh, Doreen Perry. Um, and uh, everybody was just so nice and so respectful and, and so great to be with. But I never got to meet, meet Ian. But the sound man who we shared that night, shall we say, had some very descriptive things to, pay, to say about Ian as a perfectionist in terms of his sound and production and so on. But that's who he is, right? He's the, the ultimate musical perfectionist. You've got to love Jethro Tull. And I saw this song performed live that, that particular night, you know, while I was sort of standing side stage, uh, getting over the fact that we'd opened for them. And uh, the song is Skating Away on the Thin Ice of a New Day from 1974's War Child. Now, it, it, it's often overlooked in, in lists like this, but Skating Away is a brilliant piece of folk prog. It's written on a comment, as, uh, a comment uh, uh, about climate change, but actually about global cooling, not global warming. Um, it was actually originally recorded in the famous Chateau Disaster Sessions in France. Uh, so it ended up not being uh, on Passion Plan. It was reworked in 1974 for War Child. And of course, the other single was Bungle in, in the Jungle, which doesn't make it anywhere near my list, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, but but skating most certainly does. It also appears on the 2014 version of the Passion Play as a bonus track. And um, it it also... Uh, it, you know, it's just got such an amazing imagery that it creates through that combination of lyrics and that pastoral, pastoral acoustic, acoustic instrumentation. And I think it's a tabla drum. Um, and even a full drum kit enthusiast like me is just taken by it. It's a great composition and it, it, it's appeared on numerous compilation albums. And we couldn't have an ultimate Jethro Tull album without this song. An absolute fan favorite at concerts and I would think on a compilation like this and rightly so. Skating away on the thin ice of a new day. Looking for a sign that the universal minds has written you into the passion play. Skating away, skating away, skating away on the thin ice of the new day. Hey. Um, a, a brilliant example of of something that's often overlooked is 
I, I just love Ian Anderson's acoustic guitar playing. And it's not that it's massively technically complicated, but he, he just has a beautiful style. Um, you know, on songs like that, songs like Life's a Long Song, um, you know, it's usually either a little small kind of tenor guitar or kind of capoed up quite high. But I, I love I, I love his style and acoustic guitar, and that's a that's that's something that really comes through in that song. Yeah, great. Yeah, good cool. pick. Yeah, that's a my I had a um I had this like best of Jethro Tull cassette like thirty years ago. Um and uh I don't it was one of those like like uh truck stop cassettes. Remember you'd go you'd be driving <laughs> yeah, and stop yeah, at the yeah. truck stop and they would have these really weird compilation albums that you never saw anywhere else. And I think it was one right. of those. But it had it had like it had like that, it had Teacher and Bungo in the Jungle and and uh, a couple other ones and ones that don't that were like, you know, they were pretty catchy songs that never really got name checked uh as as you know uh you know people's top picks but skating away was always a standout for me for sure yeah good call nick i also if you recall when when roger waters did the uh did the big wall show in berlin he got ian anderson to play foot flute on the thin ice and i always wondered did he make that connection to oh wow <laughs> probably reading too much yeah, into well, it. yeah yeah <laughs> Well, look, I'm I if I'm up next, I, I'm delighted with the choices because they said to Roy, there's a, there, I guess number one, there's a danger that uh, we could have you could have made an entire playlist kind of pre 1972, so it's brief, kind of branched out. Um, I probably it's really only probably in the last four or five years, uh, whenever those kind of brilliant deluxe editions of of, of the albums have come out, um. You know, remixed by Stephen Wilson, surround mixes, the booklets, all the extra stuff, which is just my kind of sweet spot that has been how I've explored sort of the deeper realms of the catalog. And I'd said to Roy, you know, I could, depending on how, how this could go, I could probably pick three songs that probably most of us have never heard of. And um, for, for this, that's not particularly good, um, you know, but, but equally, you know, could have picked three songs you know, for much later periods, and I might do later on. But uh, based on what we've done so far, I feel I do have liberty to go back. Um, uh, and, and it's interesting thinking about the band. Nick mentioned about Tony Iommi. Tony Iommi, I think, was in the band for about two weeks, but it's recorded in the um, the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus movie um, uh, that, that they filmed in 1968. Um, it was probably actually about like two or three months after their first album had come out, and here they were filmed on a show with the Stones, with John Lennon, you know, and and then and the Who, of course, and and there you have Jethro Tull, um, and uh, slightly indulgently, the song that they play in that was "Song for Jeffrey." So, given that that's my my name, oh, I, felt, I felt I felt I felt. I should choose that. And it's probably, it harks to the, I suppose, the bluesier side of the band uh, when Mick Abrahams was the guitar player. Um, there's brilliant slide guitar in it. Um, and it, it's, I suppose it's reflective of that, of that earlier era that of, of some of their, some of their roots in that kind of music. I mean, they are probably the most British, you know, band that you can possibly, th possibly think of, you know, 
Um, and the other thing about it is, I suppose, throughout the songs we've picked so far, and I'm sure many more, you know, he's probably the best lyric writer of a of a certain type. You know, you know the complete opposite, I suppose, of of you know of John Anderson. Um, you know, oh, yeah. and, and the the more ethereal, uh, awake and gentle mass touch, and uh, you know, uh, sharp distance, that kind of stuff. Um, his his lyrics are brilliant. They're funny. They're political. They're pointed. Um, and yeah, so uh, I mean, song for Jeffrey uh, from the first album, um, bluesy, um, but a, a, the original rhythm section absolutely killing it on it. So, and that's going to be my choice. And of course, the whole thing about rock and roll circus was um, the Stones who sponsored it or put it together did a really bad performance and didn't end up releasing it. So they never actually. Uh, the clip actually and never got used. Not only that, but they made Jethro Tull mine, all except for Ian. Everybody was mining. Can you imagine Tony Iron yeah. mining with Jethro Tull? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I saw that. That's funny. Yeah, so cool. We got a good uh, sort of rounding the the first, uh, covering the first round here. Um, all right, Bill, what's your second pick? This is so hard. This is hard because like <laughs> this is what you know when 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 you work when you put out albums, you're the sequencing is everything. You're trying to get stuff, and it's like it's like what would be the next song after after song for Jeffrey. And you know, I, I I keep looking at thick as a brick here, <laughs> and and I could do a medley. I could be like, okay, I'm gonna do my perfect thick as a brick edit down. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to see that at the next Morse Fest. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, have we had too much? We haven't had so much. My, my my question is is like folky. Or not? I keep also keep looking at uh, a later song. Well, of course, you know how you know how albums that once you reach a certain age, there'll be an album that will come out like you know thirty five years ago, and you still think of it as that new album <laughs> by that band, you know, that you like. Totally. And uh, and it's twenty years old already, thirty years old. Yeah. And I keep looking at this isn't necessarily my pick. I'm just looking at this is maybe an honorable mention. Uh, Farm on the Freeway from yeah. Crest of a Nick. Dave, because that I thought Tall was done, and then they came out. This was like in the I don't know if I say the late eighties, mid mid to late eighties, eighty seven, eighty seven, and this song came out, and and it was like holy cow, people were, they're still making music like this. It was so it was really cool, um, and I, I like the idea of getting uh, some eighties Tall on the list. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with it. I think that's a killer song. You know what's it's so funny? It's I was gonna totally pick that song next. Were you? Show, yeah. 
Well, you know, I can I can change it. I can. No, no, go with it. It's fine. <laughs> I, uh, it's cool. This is that, this is how it goes, Bill. This is how it works. No, I feel that bad is now. a super cool song, and yeah. I, I thought it, covering yeah. that album, especially considering its its sort of historical impact. You know, the Grammys yeah. and, and well, the all of that. Grammys, yeah, yeah, right. Was pretty cool. Um, I think I think probably for maybe for certainly for me, it was probably the first kind of. I think I'd heard lots of Jethro Tull songs, but it was that that was probably one of the first full albums of theirs that I heard, given I'm so young. Mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, and, and I suppose it was having heard some of the stuff on the radio that, uh, you know, it obviously was getting played. Uh, Crest of a Nave for me, like Farming the Freeway, Jumpstart was actually the one that I had on my long long list. I think there's a couple of things on it that sort of probably Steel Monkey kind of sounds like Jethro Tull do ZZ Top. And uh, there's a couple that sort of sound like Jethro Tull do Dire Straits. Um, well, Farming the Freeway kind of feels like that to me. But, but, I but, like but I, oh yeah, well, I think it's more, yeah. I think it's probably less so than, say, uh, she said she was a dancer, you know, is, is, is really kind of Knopfler esque. But um, yeah, no, a great, look, a great, a great album overall. So. Well, I think it was Lars Ulrich who said that, wasn't it? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, you know, it's just I guess it was for me uh it it's a it's a it's hard not to pick the songs that are special because it was it was during a real down period for prog rock and that was always my first love and and when you would you know in the 87 if you would hear you know what, what did you know it was Marillion uh mm -hmm. which was great I love 80s Marillion um Thank but you. But there's, but while well, a lot of those bands this is before the internet, so if somebody didn't tell you about this band, you didn't know about it, right. and and they weren't, you know, there was no other way to to find out. And and some of those so, bands just weren't as known in the U.S. I mean, Ike yeah. is not not a big band, here, right? Right. So yeah, so you know, and they, I heard Farming the Freeway on the radio, and it was, you know, it just was, it just knocked me out, and I was like, it was inspirational to hear that kind of music still happening and being played on the radio. So. That's why I, yeah, I, mean, I thought that was going to be a strange. Term. I thought that was going to be a strange pick by me. So I'm really glad that you, yeah. that you mentioned it. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was a huge hit in America. Free, freeway is what the Americans call what we call a highway, or a motorway, or, a, or yeah. an autobahn, um, and so it obviously resonated with the American public. In particular, I mean, I mean, it's it's about farming and the difficulties of farming in the U.S. As I understand it. Yeah. So, yeah, something like I think that. it's pretty I think it's a pretty literal literal lyric. I don't think there's really much subtext to it. Well, all right. So if I'm going next and that was gonna be my pick, I, I'm actually just gonna swap with you what you were thinking, Bill, and I, I, I'm just gonna go I think it's a good place to put thick as a brick, uh part one, uh right here in the middle of our of our list. because uh, certainly I think it's something you gotta cover. Yeah. Um, I mean the 
one of, if not the most famous concept album, um, well documented. It was it was sort of Ian's uh, sort of goofing on the whole idea of concept albums and and um, uh, making fun of the fact that everybody thought the previous record Aqualung was and and um, came up with a whole newspaper cover story about it and and. Uh, uh, so their fifth studio album, two, just one song, 20 minutes on, on each side, and uh, just a brilliant piece of, of music. I mean, just the playing and, and arrangement of, of, all the, of all the parts on it is just um, awesome. Um, and, yeah, um, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's funny that, again, it's my favorite Tull album, and I, I pro you know, I'll probably end up not picking anything from it because, it, it, because we're building like a playlist, and I don't know how, I don't know how you it's hard to tear that apart and, and put it into a playlist. But I think, you know, side one, definitely, I mean, it has a, it has an arc, you know, it has a great beginning and, and, you know, but what's funny is I have in somewhere. It, it, I mean, I have a, a death Toll best of, uh, where it has a three minute version of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of the yeah. song, which is just absurd. Yeah. Like, it's the live like version, of course, also, which is about 10 minutes. I think. About 10 yeah. minutes, right. Really don't mind if you sit this one out. My words, but a whisper, deafness, a shout. I may make you feel, but I can't make you think. Your sperm's in the gutter. He loves in the sink So you ride yourselves over the fields And you make all your animal deals And your wise men don't know how it feels To be thick as a brick To, to me, I've got my my uh, the reissue on there, and they have the, the it has the whole newspaper and everything oh, inside. Cool. It's just incredible, oh, you know. Yeah. They sat and like wrote all of these little kind of yeah, you know, building damage by fire and horror hits holiday makers in Hong Kong, you know, and they wrote all of this stuff to go yeah. with it, you know, to to make fun of the concept of a concept album, you know. <laughs> and, and how how brilliant to make up a, a fake lyricist called Gerald Bostock. Uh, beyond brilliant yeah, yeah i have i have the i have i don't know how rare how rare they are but i have an original pressing with the full newspaper, the full newspaper lp yeah. lp you know yeah, yeah. newspaper in it um and I, I don't know that i read it all i read a lot of it it's really funny there's <laughs> oh, a lot of funny stuff in it cover to cover man in 1972 yeah. and yeah. again in 73 yeah. and 74 yeah right and uh but here's a Little okay. trivia, uh, no more span trivia about thick as a brick. Uh, more than once, I'm trying with with organ, organ like an organ solo or something. I'm trying to to cop some licks from uh, thick as a brick. Um, there's stuff on similitude that's total my thick as a brick ripoff organ parts. Uh, um, so influential to me. Uh, I'm always ripping off stuff that I. <laughs> Well, go go listen and see if you can find them then. Yeah. <laughs> Answers let's on a postcard. <laughs> let, let's make a three-minute edited version 
called Bill's Ripoff Thick as a Brick Moment. And, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and also yeah. worth uh, maybe mentioning, it, it was the first album with uh, new drummer Barrymore Barlow for yeah. the band as well. Sure. Um, all right, uh, Nick, you want to go? Okay, so I'm going to go back to 1980 for this one. Um, I think a very underrated and overlooked album. The album is A, and the song is Black Sunday. Now, um, this album features not only Ian, but of course the great Eddie Jobson on keyboards and one of my personal heroes, the great Mark Craney on drums. Um, it was remastered in 2004, and uh, you know the remaster is, is, is every bit as good. Uh, but I, having got the album in 1980, I mean, I was just astounded with the drumming, the arrangement, um, the musicality of it. Um, and I looked up Mark. He 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 had also played with Gino Vanelli, um, and of course, uh, you know when Barry Morbala left, uh, Ian just plucked him, and truly one of the great uh, great heroes of, of of drumming who passed on in two thousand and five. The song sounds very futuristic, as does the rest of the album. Uh, and I understand that that it was originally intended to be an Ian Anderson solo album, but Chrysalis, the record label insisted that it be marketed as Jethro Tull. Uh, and I, for one, kind of agree with that decision because I think it is very Jethro Tull. And uh, I think it's a, bit, it's a pity that that A lineup didn't last longer because I think they did some amazing stuff and Black Santa is just, is just one of them. Um, now, thinking about it, Barry Wabala was leaving anyway. John Evan had been dismissed and uh, John Glasscock had unfortunately recently died. So in any event, the band had to reform. So, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it being called Jethro Tull, not at all. They certainly were exploring their more electronic leanings as opposed to the more rustic stuff that, that they'd done until then. Um, and it did take some getting used to for, for, for a lot of the fans. I, I person, personally don't get why. I, I, to me, it's prog to its core, particularly this song. Black Sunday. Um, and, you know, it's very interesting because this, the song is about travel and pressures and uh, it's written in the present tense. Um, it's all about it's all about traveling on a on a Black Sunday and very sort of rushed feel to it. Ian apparently was getting ready for a tour at the time. So it is a, a big shift in mood and atmosphere, I suppose, from previous albums. But the essence of Tull is still just very much there for me throughout the album and putting all those debates aside whether it's you know supposed to be an Ian Anderson solo album or not uh, just uh, I encourage everybody out there to just listen to this album with an open mind and you'll see it for and you'll hear it for what it is quite simply progressive rock of the absolute highest order massive keyboard motifs highly technical arrangements it really is prog at its best uh, if you want a more up-to-date um, mix, listen to the 2021 Stephen Wilson 40th anniversary. It's called the A La Mode Mix. And I really, I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's a great album, great song. Black Sunday. Tomorrow is the one day I would change for a Monday With freezing rains melting and no trains are running And sad eyes passing in windows flimsy And my seat rocking Quite matching a passport, credit cards, a plane that I'm catching. Black Sunday falls one day too soon. The taxi that takes me will be moving so quickly. My suitcase is simply too full for the closing. A fan shirts and kisses all packed in the hurry. Two best-selling paperbacks, clothes, and a grand and a sign of salesperson's doom. 
Would you say that that A is to Jethro Tull like drama is to Yes? Very <laughs> much so. Sort of one a good uh, good comparison. Kind of odd. They both came out like around the same time too. I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I love them both very much. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think well, we covered I... that album in our Progist uh, thing. We we did that one one summer, right? I think we we had yep. that on the list. Yep. I am. Um... My, I've often said before about how my investigation of music was a lot of it was by borrowing albums or cassettes from the public library and so when I'd heard Crest of a Nave you know unlike did I went to look for a Jethro Tull album and that was the only one that they had in the library and I kind of came back and went what are they a synth band like what what kind of what kind of happened if you if you sort of had only heard you know you know living in the past and and crest of a nave throwing that under the middle it was like oh my goodness no this this is really strange i didn't get it really at the time um but uh yeah no it's now i listen to it i, I agree with you it does totally fit in and uh there and there's a brilliant as well there's like a live show from round about that time um on eddie jobson just one of the greats um you know it's brilliant just seeing him playing and Jethro Tull. I, I, I don't get the impression he's 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 a musician who stuck with anything for for too long. He moved around a lot, but but that was a that was a really good album. Cool. All right, you're up. Oh, is it me? Yeah. Great. I I I feel a great deal of liberty at this point because yeah. um uh because we've covered we've covered lots of things. So I'm probably going to throw in one that people may not necessarily know so well, but before i suppose the last two albums um you know were you know where ian kind of went back to using the jethro tull name the apart and apart from a christmas album the last kind of proper studio album with martin barr was uh dot com in 1999 um i don't know if, if any of you guys are familiar with it but the opening track in it is a, is a song called spiral which is absolutely a fantastic uh rock frog song it has got some fantastic um kind of flute and electric guitar kind of doubling up on harmony of parts very very quite heavy and very very proggy and i suppose you know they they kind of they reach that point um but Nick has already mentioned Dwayne Perry, um, you know, who drums in that, who is absolutely solid, and Jonathan Noyce, uh, who plays, who plays bass. But um, if you, if you've never heard uh, that and thought, well, after Crest of a Nave, they kind of didn't do much until recently. Check out, yeah, Spiral, the first track of Dot Com. I will. I've never heard it either, so I will check it out. That's cool. Sure. All right, yeah, nice one to throw in there that's from the 90s. So that's, that's cool. Uh, all right, so we had Farm on the Freeway, Thick as a Brick, uh, Black Sunday, and Spiral for the second round. Uh, we've covered, are they all different albums so far, right? I think, yeah. So yep. that's that's pretty cool. Um, all right, Bill, what's your, your last pick? All right, so we have to have 
a quiet acoustic song. We haven't had one yet. And that's to me, that's an important part of his DNA. Uh, tough to pick. There's a, a couple of really killer ones, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Wondering Aloud from Aqualung. Mm. Uh, it's just just a beautiful, contemplative, quiet song. And that really has that kind of just his mastery of, of melody, you know? Um, so I think, guess we, so we, we got to bring it down. After all those songs, we got to bring it down real quiet. <laughs> uh, and so, build. Now we're going to build back to the end. Well, now I, I, now I can't go locomotive breath. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> of course you can. Of course you can. Wondering aloud how we feel today. Last night at the sunset, my hand in her hair. We are our own saviors. Uh, um, well, no, that, I mean, that's a good choice, too. So. Uh, no, but you know what? I'll, I'll go a little bit uh, to. I, I don't think we've picked anything from this album, um, and actually, my follow good from from your pick, uh, Bill, uh, Minstrel in the Gallery. Oh yeah, title track from that one. Um, yeah. A good sort of longer prog song um, with a kind of a quiet opening, and then uh, has this great sort of heavy guitar middle and uh, mm. a lot of prog instrumental stuff going on in the in the middle there. It's a very cool song. Um, and also I think there's on the best of, I have a three minute version of that song inexplicably. It's just <laughs> sort of a bizarre best of, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I think that that's a cool choice to totally. throw in here, uh, yeah. from 75. I That's that's one of the albums that that I somehow missed. Like when I was listening to all this stuff, I I never checked that album out. It was it was just one of those albums that I didn't know any of the songs on it, and I just never really checked it out until just maybe like about a year or, or two ago. I started getting into it. So, you know uh, what's yeah. interesting about their so, late seventies catalog is that there's a lot of good stuff in there, but I think for whatever reason, there I guess the the they were so known for the earlier part of that decade and then got, I think got overshadowed by the stuff later from, you know, Genesis and, uh, you know, I guess stuff got a little rockier, the who and all the stuff was, was still coming out with records and you don't hear much of those late seventies um, albums talked about. I, I don't feel like mm -hmm. it's sort of like they did Aqualung so, and thick as a brick and then crest of an ape. <laughs> like to 15 yeah, years later it's weird but when you when you think about minstrel in the gallery it's kind of an autobiographical track really isn't it uh, it starts with this sort of celebratory acoustic guitar performance and, and that's really what the song is all about performance right being the minstrel in the gallery uh, it's proggy it's heavy it's whimsical um 
importantly, in terms of lineup, it was Jeffrey Hammond's uh, last album with the band. And you know, famously, he went and he went and burnt that that legendary Jethro Tull suit that he used to wear on stage. And that was the end of his contribution. Jeff, do you have the box set for that one? Because I was looking at at that, and it has like a thousand songs on it. It's something ridiculous. Uh, no, I missed that one, and now they like sell. You know, they're they only put out a limited run of them, and 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 they like you have to pay probably one hundred and fifty pounds to to get those now. Yeah, the track, the track track listing, sorry, is endless on that. That's one of the ones I don't have. Um, and of course, Jeffrey Hammond being song for Jeffrey, so he was of course. He was his his friend before he was even in Jethro Tull, and that song was written about him. So, oh, cool! I mean, it's all connected. And there, and there we were thinking it was you. <laughs> spelled, uh, spelled incorrectly. All right, Nick, uh, your your third pick. Okay, so I I second what Bill has said that the acoustic side of Tull is part of Ian's DNA and it's very important. And um, I'm 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 going to go back to the more acoustic, softer, gentler, uh, lighter side for this one, and that's the song "Life's a Long Song." Um, now it was originally released on on an EP of the same name in '71, I believe. Um, it's utterly beautiful. It's just one of the most incredible melodies I've ever heard. Uh, incredible acoustic guitar played by Ian at his best. As Jeff was saying earlier, it's one of the things he does best. Fabulously tasteful, um, the flute work, the piano, the orchestral instrumentation, and Ian's voice was at the peak of its sweetness uh, in this particular song. Uh, the 2001 remaster is great, but the one that I love the most is the version that ended with a string section and Andrew Giddings on grand piano. I think it may have been in Ian's living room or a hotel room, something like that. And and there were there were there were string players there, and it was released for the live DVD collection called Living with the Past. Mm. Uh, I think that was in two thousand and two. But the YouTube video was only released a couple of years ago, uh, as far as I'm aware. And of course, the song has been covered by many many people, including Fairport Convention, Dave Pegg himself, uh, and various other bands. But for me, this has become the definitive version, and that's the 2002 DVD version, um, it, with, of course, the 1971 orig original version being a close second. Um, so do check it out on, on YouTube, uh, anybody out there who hasn't done so. It, it's unimaginably beautiful. It's such a, 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 an incredibly giving performance, and even more pleasure from this great classic folk rock song. When you've fallen awake And you take stock of the new day And you hear your voice croak As you choke on what you need to say Well, don't you fret, don't you fear I will give you good cheer Life's a long song Life's a long song. Life's a long song. Yeah, I don't know that one. There's so many songs like this that were that were not on one of the main albums and, and were either 
they're coming out. You see them on bonus tracks now, or uh, um, different compilations. And um, so I, I'm looking forward to hearing that one. I don't, I don't know that one. I mean, that one was what one that the first time I, I know the first time I heard that was a it was a version that Steve Hogarth did of it on a mm-hmm. on a live album, a live solo album that he did. That was the first time that that I'd heard that. But a, a, it's a brilliant example of. Um, well, the first line, when you're falling awake, you know, not when you're falling yeah. asleep, when you're falling awake, you know, <laughs> and you take stock Absolutely. of the new day. It's like, you know, just fantastic little, little, uh, uh, little uh, kind of lyrical stuff that he's just so, so good at. And I mean, we haven't even got into the whole world of, you know, his take, when you talked about, Nick talked about his take, you know, there's a lot of stuff about the environment. There's a lot of stuff about kind of his upbringing and, kind of uh you know his views on the church and, and you know on religion gone wrong and and yet it's all done in a way that's very you know it's not preachy it's very um enter- entertaining you know so right entertaining songs about really kind of difficult subject matters but you know life's a long song being you know a great example of you know well you know make the most of every day type you know, type sentiment. Uh, but it's really, really, it's absolutely one of my favorites. It, it would be would be on my list. So it's good when someone else picks it. Cool. Um, well, now you're left with ending this thing. Good. It's a lot of pressure. Where Where are you gonna go? No, I think. Well, I think I think I know where I'm gonna go with it. And again, it might might be one that is not, not so familiar. But I think the big thing about Jethro Tull. So I suppose, kind of from my perception. And, and let's 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 not too put too fine a point on it. Ian's voice has changed over the years, um, and I think he he's he's dealt with that in a whole variety of ways. Um, and obviously, you know, he's made a load of solo albums. I was thinking of picking one from an album that's not strictly Jethro Tull, "Thick as a Brick 2, which is a really brilliant album to check out um, because it takes. Uh, it's a really clever concept around taking aforementioned Gerald Bostock and saying, well, you know, what, what happened to him? You know, did he become an investment banker? Did he become a homeless man? Did he become a preacher? Did he become a soldier or did he just become a regular guy? And there's kind of a a load of songs connected with that. And they're really, really, really good. Um, But I'm not going to go with that. Uh, If I was going with that, I'd probably (laughs) go with a song called Adrift and Dumbfounded. Um, And you can check that one out. But I think, then obviously they have made two one coming out and um you know one just this time last year the zealot gene which is a brilliant kind of exploration of different stories from the old testament of the bible done done really brilliantly but i am going to pick a track from the new album um rock Mm. flute and the navigators um which uh has has been a single um, our friend Christian Rios made the video for it, um, yep. which is really, really good as well. But I, I think, you know, a, a bit like a lot of prog bands, it comes into the, well, you know, is it still Tull if it doesn't have Martin Barr, it doesn't have whoever, whoever. I think Tull's lineup has been sufficiently fluid. I think that Ian Anderson has really tapped into the muse for those last two albums and made made two really, really great records. And I think, I think Roy and I were debating this. I think Rock Flute is 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 even better than the Zealot Gene, um, because I've had a chance to hear it and write a review on it. Um and and this is the last track on that album. 
and it's just really strong. He's in great voice. It sounds like Jethro Tull. The words are smart, intelligent, funny, everything like that. Um, and I think ending the ultimate playlist with a song that's 2023. Um, you know what? Fifty five years, fifty six years later, Tull are still are still alive and doing it. A, a brilliant legacy that I think we've pretty much covered from first to last. Yeah, I think it's a good way to to close it. That's a great. Actually, it's a really good song. Um, probably my favorite on the new record. And um, yeah, the video's cool. It's it's actually got a very memorable hook to it. Um, and uh, and and to include that, I think when you're doing this, when you got all the classic stuff and some hits, some not so hits, you know, and then to show a new song that there's like you said, he's still out there doing it, which is um, yeah, pretty cool. I think why not. Um, and the album comes out, uh, Rock Flute, April 21st. Uh, this will probably be out a little before that, I imagine. I think we'll put this out before the album's out. But um, the video for Navigator is out now, and it's uh, it's really cool. So you can check that out, get pre-order that record, or pick it up anywhere. Um, all right, so the last round was uh, Wandering Aloud, uh, then we went Minstrel in the Gallery, Life's a Long Song, and The Navigators. Um, yeah, we covered a lot of records, and we only hit... Uh, Aqualung twice, so okay. <laughs> there you go. We left off some good songs off that record. Um, well, we left off Locomotive Breath, notably. Yeah, we, we could get hatcheted. For <laughs> Another that. like the, the yeah. if, that, if Aqualung <laughs> is in the top ten riffs of all time, that's so like you better do some 30. honorable mentions, Roy, yeah. if you want to preserve. Yeah, it. if you guys want to throw in some honorable mentions, I mean that's obviously I think got to be one. Yeah, uh, there's there are so many. There's so I many songs. I would pick. Well, so in the category of songs that the uh with a melody just moves me uh this not a probably not a well-known song is um ring out solstice bells from uh, songs from the wood yeah it's just it's just beautiful yeah. it's just uh it's just it's uplifting it's just a beautiful melody and he's like we talk, like we said he's just is a master at melody for sure yeah, and Jack, Jack and the Green, I love from that album as oh, well. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, have picked yeah. it's the one after Songs from the Wood. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked it, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really good. I want to give a shout out to a much maligned song and album. The the album was under wraps. Uh, oh, everyone hated it except me. It seemed. <laughs> uh, I particularly love the song Under Wraps too, which is uh, again one of Ian's acoustic moments. There is not a drummer on the album. Okay, and I think that, that mm -hmm. may be one of people's problems with it. But uh, Under Apps 2, great song, Two Minutes of Heaven for me. Uh, uh, wondering Aloud, as as we've said. Um, uh, I think A New Day Yesterday uh, deserves a mention because it's kind of, you know, the Ian's cream-like moment, you know, more of the classic rock influence. It's a timeless piece of music. And a song that Ian hates, I know, but I love is Teacher. Uh, I don't know yeah. why Ian hates it so much. Uh, 
got loads of airplay and it must have made him a lot of money. So I love it. Yeah, it's a good song. And and then finally, also from from Aqualung is the song "My God," which is which is a six eight masterclass, perfectly constructed. That sinister, bold, doomy, bluesy riff, uh, amazing composition. That. Yeah. Yeah. My my bigger list. Um, uh, Living with the past is one that I one that I really love. I mean, I love too old to rock and roll um again probably one of the lesser albums but um really like it what else have i got down here um yeah i mean the zealot gene i i really really enjoyed and there's there's lots of there's like lots that of song tra actually tra tracks and out the title track yeah being being probably my favorite one um yeah what else and the other thing i have written down is uh yeah, they've a they've a they've a really really good um, the Jethro Tull Christmas album, which is really, which is really good. <laughs> is is uh, it is good. Has, has a lot has a lot of really good stuff and a lot of brilliant instrumental, uh, you know, more acousticy stuff that uh, yeah, you can play it and you don't get I don't get a turn that off please from the rest of the family. So uh, yeah, that's good. Go. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and then there's the one that sounds like Hotel California, right? <laughs> legendarily that's right uh, we, we, what's it we used to know yeah we used to know uh yeah. well again we should remind everybody about uh bill's uh album we uh, we came from space overlords which is available on radiant records and and on Bandcamp, and uh you can check that out please uh and uh obviously please uh you know, more band <laughs> <laughs> new morse band will be around again hopefully doing something and um i guess we'll see you at morse fest right yeah yeah i got morse fest coming up uh i mean you know we're at some point we'll schedule working on some new music but it hasn't been scheduled yet so cool well yeah. uh that's great stuff man all right guys hey this was fun we got uh i think it was yeah. really cool nice little collection yeah. of music yeah um, and, and the best part is is i have i have a list i made here of songs that i wasn't that familiar with or albums that i wasn't that familiar with and so now now I got some great stuff to check out here. Yeah, these things are a good way to go back and and check out some songs and albums maybe you forgot or, or didn't know. So it's always fun for me too. Uh, all right, guys, have a good night. We'll see you again uh, real soon. Thanks. Thanks everybody. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. 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 Bye.